shame on them. They're going to stop lying about me, and I'll make sure of it. I will say this again. I don't pick fights, but I finish them. All right? And if I go down fighting this fight, that's fine with me, too. How many more times are we going to move the goalpost on the blue light before we start to investigate the fights that happen every weekend across the street from me that are not being reported to police? How many times do we have to do this? So how much, how much more money and legal fees do I have to spend defending myself against stupid, frivolous, incompetent accusations? How many times? So instead of being lectured on doing things the wrong way, while the bar across the street from me is not following the rules at all, did I mention that? I think I did. I will fight that fight until there is one winner and one loser. The days of this beer board getting to pick and choose who wins and loses are coming to an end. Coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air. Coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, welcome in, everybody. Hello. Uh, it is a Thursday for this week's drop. I can't promise I'll do it on a certain day, but I'm getting close to promising I can do it every week. That's the goal. The Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian. If you're new here, thank you. Happy to have you. If you're here every week, I love you to death. And if you're just here occasionally, you're pretty damn cool, too. Plenty to get to on today's show. facts a lot to get to these are the shows i really enjoy once it's finished once the you know the production is done to hit record and hit go it's fun when i have to kind of make it up as i go and i'm not exactly sure and i get all stressed you know then i'm like god damn it i feel like doing that today should be all right i shipped it on uh, on the fly real quick though and I hope I don't make myself sound stupid because I am very ignorant to international affairs. I'm going to spend a, a, a more time on this open than I intended to basically make an entire segment of just an overview of this Ukraine-Russia thing. And then I probably won't talk about it again unless there's some kind of really escalating, you know, awe, whether it's a good awe or a bad awe-inspiring reason for discussing it. Because it's just not my expertise. I have people that listen to this show. I know for a fact, because I talk to them afterwards, that when I go down international affairs, they are experts and I'm not. And this is not a give and take kind of format, unfortunately. I wish this could be more uh, interactive. That would be a really awesome thing. Like, you know, oh, I don't know, a fun, awesome radio show that I could uh, still be doing in life if it weren't for a bunch of assholes in this city. Um, so I don't like to go down those roads very often, but there are a few things I wanted to look at kind of like for dummies, right? Like the talk to me like I'm five thing. And then I'm just going to throw it out there to chew on for those that might not be aware of a few of the things that I've stumbled on here in the last, uh, well, just day, day and a half uh, of, of, I don't want to say intense, but very focused and deliberate uh, dives into trying to get a better grip and understanding of what is going on uh, in you know in Ru Russia, Ukraine, and all that. I'll do that here shortly. First thing, 
uh, open there. That was Brian Joyce at his presser, uh, I guess, right outside the uh, beer board meeting in the last few weeks. I don't really care about him all that much other than it, I, I, I just I, ha- I wanted to go back down memory lane. So in the final segment of the show, after I was trying to pull audio from him getting um, railroaded by the uh, by the beer board, which I do side with Brian on this, shockingly enough, proving that I can agree with somebody and still despise their very existence. And I'll 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 talk more about that on the front end of the final segment of the show. And I just ventured back to around four and a half to five years ago and the fallout between me and Brian and Brian and some people in Atlanta and Brian and some uh, other uh, interaction on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, again, around t- late 2017, I think it was. I don't know. I just started revisiting some of that audio, and I thought, I just want to refresh people's memory. For the new listeners, I'd like to think there's lots of you out there, a lot of new listeners. This 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 will be fun. Um, and, you know, who can remember five years ago? I can't barely remember five minutes ago. So that'll be silliness on the way out the door. If you're not interested in that, feel free to check out. Ain't going to bother me none. Uh, in the second segment of the show, audio from the uh, Hamilton County mayoral debate, or at least amongst the three R's, which that's all the three that have any chance. Um, I will, on the front end, really quick, you already know this likely, I am a Weston Womp supporter. I didn't used to be. I am now. It'll be the first time I proudly vote for a Republican in anything. And um, I'll uh, just give some commentary to this public audio that was available for anybody from Matt Hollander, Sabrina Smedley, and Weston Womp. And basically the overall premise of the segment is what a waste of time this was. And so maybe you could say, why waste your time on it here then, Brian? Well, because I think it'll make for an interesting segment. And to be able to just hear these three people speak. I'm not guessing the average person walking around is sitting around watching low-budget YouTube feeds of the mayoral debate. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know, but um, we'll do that in the second segment of the show. And then I had a few other things that I wanted to get mocks and 90s. Torello was in town. I, I'll save that for another day or, or, or maybe not at all. One quick mention, Mark Lanigan passed away. Um, just in the last couple of days, you're probably like, okay, who the hell's Mark Lanigan? He was a lead singer of Screaming Trees and a, uh, a co-lead singer and writer for Queens of the Stone Age for a few years. Now, Queens of the Stone Age is not exactly my jam, a little bit, little bit harder edge stuff than I normally like, but the Screaming Trees are right there. They're in the Seattle sound. They were never really that uh, well-known at all, but they had some great music and great collaborations and just that deep, just uh, sultry, honey-soaked baritone uh, 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 vocals from Mark was so good. But after I looked, I didn't know this because there was no reason for me to. Dude looked terrible. He looked like death. Um, Teeth looking bad, bad, just clearly drugs has been an issue in his life. One of his better friends, if not close to best friends, throughout the scene in the 90s was Lane Staley um, from Allison Chains, who died a, uh, a also a very drug-riddled, uh, just painfully slow and uh, decrepit death, you know, t- 20 years ago now. And uh, 
Just a damn shame. Just a damn, damn shame. And I had already put together the show, or I would have rejoins with Screaming Tree music, but I didn't have time to go back and fix that. So let's take a look at this. I've got three pieces of audio for you, too, at the end of the segment, just like normal. Um, I'll get you the worst idea that involves somebody from the Ukraine on TikTok and two silly things with uh, uh, Isaac Hayes, chef from South Park, chocolate salty balls, a remix, totally silly, and we'll do that at the very end. Coolest thing, one and two. So when it comes to Ukraine and uh, Russia, or I should probably, Russia and the Ukraine potential invasion, it's... It's getting more fascinating the more I kind of brush up on my history or maybe in most of the cases, learning about the history for the very first time. Uh, the Cold War always confused me as a young person. I didn't really understand what it was other than from the 40, 50s, post-World War II. I got that portion of it. But how it bled into the you know the next several decades and then becoming, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old as it was quote-unquote ending, so old enough to remember seeing Tear Down This Wall from uh, Ronald uh, Reagan and and seeing the footage and Tom Brokaw, like, in West Berlin uh, or wherever exactly it was, tearing with, with, with the, uh, the Germans tearing down the walls and not really knowing what that meant, but understanding enough because of, the attention that was paid to it, that clearly this is a big deal. Then, you know, the next few years go, you mature into a barely a teenager. All you care about is smoking pot and watching, you know, sports or playing music. And then you get into high school and you start learning actual history. And some of it you care about, some of you don't. Um, I went in and out of caring about social studies and history, but generally speaking, those were the, uh, the, uh, a subject that I spent the most time paying attention kind of without having it beat into me. And I still had trouble understanding it as I got into my late teens and in my twenties. And then you just didn't really have to worry about that. Cause all that really was the biggest issues as I turned into an adult was uh terrorist terrorism and, and uh, the, the middle East. And um, then, you know, there's been a few pockets of things here and there. Of course, in 2008, I didn't even know there was a Georgia, Russia, Georgia, until there was the story. I remember hearing it. I actually, it's one of those things I do remember, 28 years old here, and uh, George Bush being briefed on the invasion of Georgia. I'm like, what the fuck is Georgia? What are you talking about? There's a Georgia? And then that happened. Not too many years after that, but what, six years or so in 2014, Crimea. I didn't know what Crimea was. Uh, I thought I was the cleverest dude in the room because I named my fantasy baseball team that year Crimea River. All right. Well, well, that invasion took place, but I didn't really know what it meant. I understood the concept of what NATO was at these ages in the, my late mid 20s into my 30s. And then, you know, I just haven't thought about it. You know, and anything you even if you do know. If you don't practice it, continue it, whether it's a skill or whether it's uh, just just information, and you don't keep it top of mind at any point, you're going to forget about it. You're going you're gonna to lose track of what in the hell is going on. So what I'm going to do here real quick is just say, I don't know at all what we're supposed to be doing here. I have no idea. I'm not going to be like every other jerk out there that has the, you know, that once upon, you know, a few minutes ago was an infectious disease expert. 
and a medical professional expert with no real actual uh, uh, experience in any of those uh, fields. And I'm sure it's all not going to come in here now like everybody else is doing on all the social media threads, which all the dullards, with some strong thoughts of what, here's what's supposed to happen and shame on you for this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. And very likely you don't know either. And I sure as hell don't know. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what you're supposed to do here. I do believe, and this is something that might go into at a later time and deep dive a little bit more and get, I, I don't know. I'm going back and forth on how I want to approach this later thought, but this is another case of elections have consequences. Um, and whether it's good or bad, elections matter. Uh, who's in charge matters. I think we're kind of in one of those right now. Uh, who's loudest matters in the narrative of, of a country. There's a lot of things that are very delicate and and in play here. But at my very core, I am conditioned as an anti-war, uh, give peace a chance kind of guy. And But I understand that it's, it's just not that simple. So I did a quick search just to get my better idea of understanding where all of this is at. And I un- I knew that there that Ukraine was uh, an area that used to be in part of Soviet Union. I knew that. And that's as about as far as it went. And so I went to a website and I made sure I went to places that were credible and not some kind of nonsense with a bunch of click here to find out who wins a millionaire, like a real credible funded by uh, responsible organizations and people. The Council on Foreign Relations. It's an independent, nonpartisan membership organization, think tank, and publisher dedicated to being a resource for its members, government officials, journalists, educators, students, blah, 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 to help better understand the world and the foreign policy choices facing the United States and their countries, founded in 1921. C R, excuse me, C H, damn it, C F R.com. And so this is totally Russian-Ukraine potential crisis for dummies. Talk to me like I'm five. All right? Why NATO has become a flashpoint with Russia in Ukraine. And the main reason I printed this off is because I, I wanted to remember who all was a, a member of NATO and when it all began. So it's post-World War II, immediately post. Um, founding members, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, United Kingdom, United States. Cold War expansion, so that would be 52 to 82, Greece and Turkey in 52, West Germany in 55, and Spain in 1982. Then nothing until 1990 as the Cold War comes to a close. Germany is included in NATO. Now that just unifies East and West in 1990. In 99, Czech Republic, Hungary and Poland, 04, countries I've never heard of, including Bulgaria, Romania, those are the ones I have heard of, then 09, Croatia, and then a couple others. So there we are. The most recent addition to NATO was in 2020. Just going to read this verbatim. Did the United States promise the Soviet Union that it would freeze NATO expansion? Proponents of this narrative often cite the words that U.S. Secretary of State James Baker said to Soviet leader Gorbachev in February of 1990 that, quote, there would be no extension of NATO's jurisdiction for forces of NATO one inch to the east, end quote. They say the United States and NATO have repeatedly betrayed this verbal commitment 
in the decades since, taking advantage of Russia's tumultuous post-Soviet period and expanding the Western alliance several times all the way to Russia's doorstep in the case of the Baltic states. How did NATO feature in diplomacy between U.S. and post-Soviet Russian leaders? This goes into the Clinton administration, where he proposed this new initiative called the Partnership for Peace. NATO launched PFP, Partnership for Peace, as its annual summit in January of 94. And more than two dozen countries, including Georgia, uh, Russia, and Ukraine, joined in the following month. So this is like a subset of NATO. You're not actually in it. You're just kind of in this other branch of sorts. Uh, kind of taking advantage, I would guess, of where Boris Yeltsin was in his power at the time. And now I'm speculating on something I barely know anything about. I only have one more little tiny highlighted area of this, and then I'll get away from this here as quickly as I can. But analysts say that NATO's expansion would leave deep scars on the Russian psyche. Quote, for many Russians, most importantly, Vladimir Putin in the 1990s were a decade of humiliation as the United States imposed its vision of order on Europe, including Kosovo in 1999, which I remember the Kosovo headlines, didn't know what the hell it meant back then, I was 19 years old, while the Russians could do nothing but stand by and watch. That's James Goldgear uh, from USA-NATO Relations, author of War on the Rocks. And this goes on for eight pages. I'm not going to bore you with continuing to do that. The first thing that came to my mind here when I read that and got a little bit better idea of post-Cold War uh, world relations, geopolitics, was that Putin has now gotten to a point, and maybe because of the political positioning of leaders across the world, that he is a make Russia great again kind of mentality at this point. He, These are areas that he believes are supposed to be his, or supposed to be his homelands. The Soviet Union dissolving was potentially, I would... I'm, putting words in his head and mouth, one of the biggest travesties of, of, of all time in of Russia and the Soviet Union and is going to do whatever it takes to get some semblance of that back. I, I feel like that's probably pretty accurate. But what do we do from here? What are we supposed to do? Do we turn this into World War III over Ukraine? We didn't do it over Georgia. We didn't do it over Crimea. Do we do it here? What do the what do the the neighboring NATO states do? And what happens when Russia is one step closer to the border borders of those NATO uh, countries, those republics? That is what I don't know. Probably will save that silly audio from uh, South Park till next week, as I'm already nearly 20 minutes in, and I know I'll spend a few minutes in the middle segment. And this is, you know, really not in a laughing matter all that much, even though this is a little uh, sarcastic anyway. I just went to TikTok and hashtagged Ukraine and just started thumbing through to see if I could find anything that either made sense or gave good perspective or if nothing else was just kind of, and I don't like to use the word funny in this instance, but at least, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. We're going to call it today's worst idea. I wrote down TikToking about nobody knows what's really going on in Ukraine. I think they're talking about from, uh, she's talking about from a media standpoint. This is today's worst idea. So I'm from Ukraine and we've been in the news recently. 
as always, for all the wrong reasons. What I find staggering is how everyone seems to have an opinion on us. And how the Ukrainian voices seem to be missing from the conversation. Because apparently it's only hashtag I stand with Ukraine unless you actually have to listen to Ukrainian people. Hello, I'm the Western media and I'm telling you to evacuate immediately. Aren't you the same people who were mixing up Kazakhstan with Kyrgyzstan a couple of weeks ago? Why would I listen to you? Um, because we have consulted all the experts. Like that one guy who doesn't speak Ukrainian, that another guy who has never been to Ukraine, and that third guy who only writes papers on Russia. And is probably paid by Russia. Are you listening to yourself? Um, we have just received the new information, you're getting attacked tomorrow. Three days ago you said today. You remember things that happened three days ago? I Magic. I think that's uh, more of an indictment, just a, a, an international look of the ridiculousness of our uh, media. I'm going to read two things. I forgot I had this, and then I'll get out, and we'll get to the mayoral uh, Hamilton County race. This guy, he is uh, – these are two different people on the ground, one in the in, in Russia and one in the heart of Ukraine. This is Terrell Starr. He is a blue-checked guy so uh, from the Atlantic Council – Black Di Diplomats, uh, Diplomats podcast, and this is the current situation that he tweeted out as of yesterday, which would have been Wednesday. In Kiev, things are calm. I live downtown, and the energy of despair and fear that is dominating the Western airwaves and newspapers isn't felt here. Supermarkets are fully stocked with, with food. No long lines at gas stations. Restaurants are open, and movie theaters are operating. Life hasn't changed here at all. Of course, there is anxiety over an invasion. Parents are discussing on Facebook how they are sticking patches on their kids' clothes, showing their blood types if fighting spills beyond the front. Locals here, including me, are going to military drills Saturday to learn how to provide medical aid to civilians hurt during conflict. Things are developing fast here, and I will keep you updated. So saying that things are tense, but not as tense as... as the, the West media might be leading you to believe. And so that was a guy that was in Ukraine. This is a guy who was in uh, in Russia. He is Max Sidon, I think is how you would say that. He is a Moscow bureau chief in Soviet Russia. Sorry, it's kind of hard to read there. But anyway, this is uh, another blue-checked guy on Twitter. The little polling we have available suggests the Kremlin's messaging on Ukraine has worked. But that doesn't mean Putin's decisions have worked up to the patriotic fervor that occupied that accompanied, excuse me, the 2014 annexation of Crimea. Unlike Crimea, Putin doesn't seem particularly concerned with the domestic effects of the crisis. State TV didn't cover events in eastern Ukraine while anything like the fervor of 2014 into the last few days. Nor is it clear whether people would support a deeper invasion of the Ukraine. I've had several people close to the Kremlin claim to me an assault on Kiev wouldn't make sense because Russia couldn't hold the territory. And Putin would struggle to spin why so many Russians were dying in a war against a country where so many more Russians have relatives. But Putin made it clear at his Security Council meetings on Monday where he grilled and humiliated his top officials that he's not really interested in anyone else's opinion. The decisions all rest with him and him Alone. So these are reports from two prominent people who cover this on the grounds in each area, Russia and the Ukraine. And that's all I have to say about that, hopefully for forever, but certainly right now.
Matt Hollander, Sabrina Smedley, and Weston Womp all want to be the next county mayor, and we'll hear from all three of them coming up next. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. So I'm Matt Hollander. Um, I grew up in Hamilton County. I've lived here my entire life. Six generations of Hollanders uh, have lived in Hamilton County. Uh, I have an awesome wife, Jenny. We've been married for 20 years. I have a 16-year-old amazing daughter, uh, Reese. I really feel God is leading me to do this. I feel like his, it's his will for me. Uh, I'm Sabrina Smedley, running for Hamilton County Mayor. And I'd like to start off by saying faith and family are everything to me. And with that being said, I am Christian first. Then my family is second of importance in my life. I'm the proud mom of three children, Ryan, Ashley, and Chase Turner. I'm grandmother, better known as Gigi, to my beautiful Brinley and Jackson, my two beautiful grandchildren. And I'm happily married to Mark Smedley. We've been married for 10 years now. Let's not miss the moment. This is the first time in 28 years we've had a competitive race for county mayor. And it's just an honor to be involved in the first of, a, of several conversations about not just the role of county mayor and the job of county mayor, but the future of our community. But our resumes are only a part of our campaign story. And so for us, this campaign, for my wife and I, it really is about the dreams we have for the community that our four children will grow up in. That's why we're running. Brand new Eddie Vedder and his little mini supergroup. Earthling is the name of the record. This is Fallout Today. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm sure you're like, of course you do, dude. Also this segment, I'm going to read to you a lengthy post on Facebook from David Bartow. He is a um, kind of a city planner kind of guy, civics-minded kind of dude out of Collegedale. Very good follow. I'm, I'm. We have a lot of mutual friends. I think we've met before, but I've talked to him on the phone many times, and I have uh, uh, emailed and texted with him many times via radio stations and just uh, looking for comments kind of things. And I think he summed up the nonsense that was the debate the other day quite well. And um, as I comment, as I go through this audio, I, I, I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll kind of see where it's going by the time I get there. I was just quickly doing a real quick search because I forgot to look this up. I'm pretty sure the Hamilton County mayor is, uh, is a non-turn limit seat. I don't know that. I wish I did definitively know that, but I, I look to see just quickly... Hamilton County, when you do a Google search that involves politics, oftentimes is Hamilton County, Ohio. Hamilton County, Ohio is one of the most important counties in Ohio when it comes to election night. Kind of like, uh, what is it, Maricopa County in Arizona means basically everything to which way the election is going to go in Arizona. Hamilton County in Ohio has historically, at least in recent uh, history, been uh, very important so when i try to find hamilton county information out real quick i usually it's it quickly filters through to a lot of ohio stuff and i'm on a time crunch here it's almost 10 o'clock i don't want to do this all night long 
But Coppinger has been there since 2011 when Claude Ramsey left the seat to be the uh, whatever you call the second in command to the um, to the governor. I guess it's just it's not vice governor. It's uh, lieutenant governor, I believe, is right under at that time, I believe it would have been Haslam anyway. So this is kind of one of those whoever gets this seat can kind of keep it forever, kind of. And that's where Weston was in the third congressional race, the primary challenge, which is almost 10 years ago now, more like eight years ago when he was a child, when it comes to political age and experience. But because he was uniquely tied through his father and all his experience of being around it and the nepotism nature of it, he was a little, he wasn't your average 26-year-old running for Congress. Well, he's, and I'm making up his age then, but he's 35 now. He's come a long, long way. If you listen all the time, then you know I've already done with our our interview we did with him on the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, and I have had a complete change of heart. And yes, I will admit it out loud, if Weston Womp were to be the, Cam- the Hamilton County mayor, then that would mean I would have a pretty good acquaintance as the county mayor and what I consider a pretty good friend as the city mayor. And as a almost 42-year-old uh, gen- aging Gen Xer who's looking for anything to hold on to relevance or something that matters to me in my life, that's something that would bring me joy and for some reason make my ego a little bit bigger, even though my ego is a in a a shell of itself and mostly absolute shatters. I'm joking, but not joking at all. When I look at these three candidates, uh, I hope we're going to have the other two in on uh, the podcast with Jeff Styles and Jen and Russ. They do all they do all the work on that. I just produce. I don't know if they're coming in. I you know, I I hope they do. My guess is they might not, but I don't know. We'll see. I th- I I thought they said Matt Hollander was was already scheduled, but I I can't remember. So if I get audio from them, I'll post it. Uh, on this show as well, but I'm I'm my deci- my dis- decision has been made. I am going to vote for West Swamp, and I can't wait to do it. And it's because he's a professional. He's a sharp, sharp, progressive, conservative mind that I think is uh, could be a snake in the grass. Right? He could be a politician through and through. He's a professional. That's what we have here. We have low to no energy Matt Hollander to uh, robotic. Uh, church and family is everything. I'll say it over and over again. Sabrina, and then professional, sharp, quick-witted, paying attention to the details of the of the debate and the discussion in the moment. Weston Womp. They're all three got basically the same kind of core values when it comes to national talking points. So those shouldn't matter. Well, that's all that happens when you're in a debate. I guess anywhere, but certainly. Here in the uh, county of Hamilton, the uh, group that put this together was Hamilton Flourishing, I believe is what it's called. It doesn't really matter. You can look it up if you'd like to find out. Either way, let's jump into it. I have three pieces of audio, and they're all a little bit longer. Rather than go one to two to three to one to two to three and, and just rapid fire that, they're gonna have, we're going to have three d- uh, questions for them to debate or discuss and I'll let all three of them play each time. This is the longest one. This is just shy of three minutes, and this is about smaller government. Do you believe in keeping government small between Matt Hollander, Sabrina Smedley, and Weston Wong? 
Doug, I'm a conservative, and therefore I support limited government. Can we keep government limited by keeping things local and accountable to the people? I believe that God created all of us in His image with rights, and we live in a free country to exercise those rights. And I believe in a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And as a conservative, I want to, as mayor, to make sure that decisions locally are made local. And that's how we keep government limited and accountable to the people of Hamilton County. Thank you for the question, Doug. Of course, I, as a conservative, believe in smaller government and no big government. I think uh, also being a conservative, to me, starts with my beliefs in uh, biblical values. Uh, I think as mayor, we have to limit um, big government and keep it local with local businesses, but we also have to work with our state, uh, and we have to do that to make things happen to benefit uh, our community. So I want to keep it local. I want to know what the citizens feel. Um, and I definitely think that smaller government is bigger or better than bigger government. As a principle, Doug, there's no doubt that I agree with limited government. I think we all would say the same thing or some variation of the same thing. A, a lot of what I encounter in the work I do fighting for long-term fiscal policy so that we'll think long-term about how government works is that we've gotten away from the notion of federalism and we think of government just as this one big amoeba. But the truth is we'd be best served to think about government doing its specific role under the Constitution well. So should it be limited? Certainly it doesn't need to interfere with the free enterprise system in unnecessary onerous ways, but really I'm a believer in effective government in its role. And so I think we have to make a, a, a distinction there because often, I, and I think this is just a product of the times we live in. We tune in at night to Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson, or if you're on the other side of the aisle, you're watching MSNBC and all issues are national. And so when we say limited government, we've grown rightfully so distrustful of Washington that I think we think of big government uh, as all bad or government's bad. You give any aspect of government money and that's a bad thing. The reality is there are public institutions in our country that perform exceptionally well. Limited government, sure. Would I love for our state-run technical college to have more students so that we prepare our future's workforce right there on the campus of Chattanooga State? You better believe it. And with a 94% job placement rate, we've demonstrated that there is uh, potential for government to actually work well. I hope that Weston uh, woke you up like he did me as I nodded off listening to the nonsense from Sabrina and Matt and their prepared statements and uh, almost, I mean, like they're being forced to read this. I wrote this down in quotes and keeping things local here and small government. Quote, I believe that God create us all, created all of us in his image with rights. And we live in a free country of the people, for the people, by the people. The answer, the question was, what about small or big government? What the fuck are you talking about? Matt, quote, I believe in smaller government and no big government. Being a conservative to me is my belief in b biblical value. Come on, man. Come on. Those two just initially, just public speaking alone, sound like they have no idea what they're going to do here except for God, God, taxes low, I love my family. Answer the Well, first of all, we need real questions, so I can't blame them for that. You know, I told you, I'm not going to not be biased here. This isn't a journalistic perspective. This is just me talking about what I think. 
Let's move along here to the second question about generic crime and gang problems. Uh, we'll start with Weston, then it'll be Matt, and then Sabrina on the Stone On Air podcast. A number that when you really consider its impact to the culture of our community is pretty startling. 60% of the graduates of our public high schools by the state standard aren't ready to go to work and they're not ready to go to college. And just about every last gang member in the city of Chattanooga was once upon a time a lonely young man with no hope or a future. And the one-size-fits-all model in our public education system, which is really where the mayor has great leverage. I will say, while we're on public uh, safety, and I did a ride-along last week, what these officers do is so dangerous. Uh, and I was out with them on a Thursday night, and um, they put their lives on the line for us every night. So as mayor, I want to work closely along our next sheriff to make sure they have their, the tools they need to succeed. And there's been some talk uh, at the city about the guns being the problem. Uh, I don't feel that way. I believe in the Second Amendment. I own a lot of guns myself. I think it's a root cause with an erosion of a family unit. Uh, and I think these officers and deputies and lieutenants do a great job for this uh, county. And we have to make sure that they continue to have what they need to do their job and I will stand behind them 100%. The next Hamilton County Mayor needs to support our new sheriff, work alongside our fairly new city mayor and our new chief of police. And I would support having a dedicated gang task force made up of local law enforcement officers from the city and the county, as well as local agencies, state agencies, and federal agencies. We had a gang task force at one time, and we were identifying the gangs, and we were running them out of Hamilton County. And then what happened? New administration came in, and it got disbanded. Oh, sorry, my mic was off. All right, so that's a little misleading uh, to Sabrina. A new administration didn't come in and disband the, the, the gang task force. The gang task force was uh, deemed as a complete failure and waste of money long before there were any new administrations in. I'd have to go back and do my homework to give you the exact numbers on that. I'll do that in the future if I need to. Let's start at the beginning with Weston Womp. Another real answer, talking about long-term solutions. This goes, this goes to race relations. This goes to crime, uh, crime within the youth. It's not something you can legislate away. You can't legislate away race issues. You can't legislate away gang crime and gang gatherings. You can't just make a law and throw, you know, this many people we put in jail and now we fix gang crime. It doesn't work that way. It has to be systemic, systematic, whatever the words you want to use. It's generational change. And that's why I like so much of where, where, where Weston is coming from on all things of his platform is basically it comes back to the same place. The one-size-fits-all model for schooling and education of young people of any demographic isn't working. It's not viable for a lot of people, and starting with education is what's going to fix a lot of these problems. Hey, we got a bunch of cops on the on the street with more guns in the neighborhoods and walking around and being intimidating. Okay, that's fine, good. Maybe it's going to do a little bit of good, but the gang task force already proved that that's not necessarily the case, especially if it's not done well with nothing was done well at the end of the Andy Burke 
uh, administration within the city as he just kind of quit even trying in his last two years. And that's what I believe she was talking about with the gang tax for task force amongst the city and the county. Not a lot of gang issues out in uh, Saudi Daisy. Not a lot of gang issues out in Apison. So I think that's kind of where they're uh, where they're focusing. Real quickly here, um, Matt again, robotic. I can't believe this guy used to do commercials for television or for uh, on television for his overpriced windows. They were terrible because of the dumb babies and baby Um, But he sounds like he's never been in front of a camera or a microphone before. And I know maybe that's not that's an unfair way to judge somebody. But he couldn't wait to make sure he let everybody know he's got guns and he's a back to blue guy and he's and that's fine. That's okay. Good for him. And he's got Jim Hammond, the county sheriff's endorsement. That is going to go a long way. That is going to go a very, very long way with the endorsement of the sheriff's office. And if it doesn't, that might say more about the sheriff's office than we all would have expected. I actually think that's one of the makes him potentially the front runner at this point. Keep in mind, I don't think we're going to go terribly wrong regardless of who the county mayor is. I don't think it's that big a deal. I just want my guy Weston to win, and since it's here locally, let's talk about it. Final one I got here. It was an hour debate. I couldn't do it any longer. It was too much nonsense of questions that don't matter. At this point, after this question, I turned it off. It's um, This is a long time to put all this together and dig through all, the, all this audio, and I was beginning to waste my time. So the final one, where are you on abortion, three Republic, lifelong Republicans? Like, we didn't already know the answer to this. Well, I'm 100% pro-life, uh, Doug. I've never been ashamed of it, and as the Bible says, it's at inception. So I do, I do not uh, have a problem being vocal about it. Uh, so I think you and I talked on the phone early on in the campaign and you said, Matt, some people don't answer this question. Well, I'm, I'm happy to answer the question and it's really not going to take me two minutes. I'm firm in my stance on that. I'm pro-life and again, I'm the only candidate standing up here that actually has a record to back that up. During my first time on the commission, I voted to support Amendment 1, which ushered in some of the tightest restriction laws now in the state of Tennessee and I'm very proud of that vote. A lot of times Sabrina is right in saying that she's the only one who's actually got the politician's track record <laughs> on an issue. I actually have a track record of being pro-life. I got four little babies at home right now who are probably watching right uh, Hopefully they're watching and getting ready for bed. Uh, I can tell you I've changed about as many diapers as any dad in town in the last seven years. And I'm totally pro-life. And, uh, and I do think this is biblical. Um, life begins at conception, not inception. Uh, but it is a principle that we all... I think hold very dear, and it's a great part of the legacy of our community. All right, I still want to read you Dave Bartow's uh, Facebook uh, post here quickly. Just three thoughts. First of all, Doug, whoever he is, is the moderator. And uh, Matt says, oh, well, you said, Doug, a lot of people don't want to answer this question. Who doesn't want to answer this question, especially on the right? They're, or And the left. Nobody's ashamed of answering this question. That's nonsense. Uh, Sabrina says, She's the only one that can back that up as if lifelong GOPers running for local office can't back up their thoughts on abortion. That's just a dumb written out pre-planned written off a piece of paper response to a question that she already knew was coming. And once again, from Weston, another polished and perfect answer to a worthless, worthless question. And him correcting Hollander is so slick. 
It's not inception, Matt. It's conception. Um, just professional, uh, professional politician, and you can say that's bad. I don't think it is. This is a political position. You should be able to understand how to do it. We wouldn't say that with anything else. Oh, I don't want my mechanic to be ASC certified. That's nonsense. That's There's too many ASC certified mechanics in the industry. We need to drain them out. No, we wouldn't do that in any other industry. Experience matters. Professionalism matters. Not sounding like a robot and a parrot mouthpiece matters. Weston Womp for Hamilton County Mayor. But here's the most important part. This is a little long-winded. This whole show is going to be long-winded. I apologize because I still have a long way to go, and we're about 45 minutes in. But this is from my guy, David Bartow. Uh, he is a, a community planner out in Collegedale. The, whatever that foundation is that put together all that development recently, uh, just a, a fantastic dude. Here we go. His commentary. When I talk to folks from Appison, Collegedale, Ottawa, East Brainerd, Hickson, Georgetown, Birchwood, Soddy Daisy, and other suburban areas and the last vestiges of rural Hamilton County, no one cares about the Hamilton County mayoral candidate's thoughts on so-called hot-button, quote-unquote, national issues. The other evening's debate was was almost useless to folks unless you wanted to watch three truly good people simply try to make red meat out of sawdust questions. Abortion, Second Amendment, big government. I honestly felt sorry for all three candidates. What about rampant growth? What about developing infrastructure before we develop an area? How about we talk about the polluted creeks and other watersheds? How about instituting impact fees so the county residents don't have to pay for mistakes made by developers? How about view shed protection ordinances or ordinances restricting billboards? How about taking the Hamilton County Planning Commission away from the developers and realtors and installing a scientist from the Tennessee Aquarium, an urban planner, an architect, a pastor, a teacher, or even a farmer? How about a rule that if your company does business before the Planning Commission, you're not allowed to be on the Planning Commission? Why is Williamson County selling raw land 25 to 30 minutes outside of downtown Franklin, an hour outside of Nashville for over $100,000 an acre, with five-acre lot size minimum. I will tell you, because Williamson County invested in and codified planning into their way of life. They plan for growth. They, they have impact fees that pay for the uh, first-class schools, fire halls, and police stations, dot, 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 etc. And just to wrap it up here, so there are the questions to my friend Matt Hollander, my buddy Weston Womp, and my old neighbor Sabrina Smedley. There's a little bit more there, but I'm going to end it right there. I would have questions like, why is there not recycle pickup in the county? My mom lives in uh, East Brainerd, just down the road from Appison and, uh, and the Georgia Line and the East Hamilton School. They have to pay for garbage pickup, and there's no recycle pickup. How's that for a question? Hey, mayoral candidates, what do you think about abortion? No, how about why don't we recycle as a county? How about that? I don't. Your answer could be because it's not cost-effective. But at least that's a question with a real concern, not contrived, with an answer, which that wouldn't be the answer. It would be, oh, I'll spend my time evaluating, whatever. But at least it's a real question. And uh, there you go. There's the latest that you've heard from the uh, candidates. As I said earlier, I, I don't think 
we're going to have any really terrible direction or anything. I, no, I don't think that. I know it'll be fine. But uh, my vote is for Weston Womp, and I hope that your vote is for Weston Womp as well. I also hope that your vote is to boycott anything that Brian Joyce ever does because he's one of the biggest bleep holes in this city. He continues to prove it every day. This is going in the Wayback Machine. I'm going to get in the DeLorean and set the coordinates for late 2017 and just have a little fun on the way out the door. Longer show for you today, so if you're ready to check out, we'll talk to you again next week because that's the goal, to be here every week into the year 2022. I'll get to the asshole that is Brian Joyce coming up next. This is from Craig Joel. I had a healthy discussion with Kevin West after Brian Joyce did his best to make me the bad guy a few Thursdays ago. And knowing Kevin will be reading this, I'm still comfortable saying that I declined to join them on the morning show because I couldn't participate in any form with a station's call letters that would only castigate me six hours later without any recourse or even justification for that matter. I say that because I believe it placed your point. Pineville Road is burning bridges, apparently willfully now, indeed tarnishing a few decades of very good will and hard work of actual classy people. The man is a teat. I believe he applies makeup. He's ranked seventh in one market despite having no competition in his field and works for a station in Atlanta that managed to lose money during the largest growth period it could have had in 10 years, both stations being owned by a corporation declaring bankruptcy. And this is all capped off by the fact that he is incapable of a different opinion while being consistently cruel to people. Listeners, co-workers, blue-collar folks, cumulus customers. That was a uh, either a tweet or a Facebook post on a thread, probably Facebook, from Craig Droll. Craig Joel, excuse me, longtime police officer in town. I believe he's retired at this point. Once upon a time, one of the most vocal and uh, I don't want to say most respected law enforcer in the city, but certainly one of the most vocal from a media standpoint. This is Brother the Cloud, one of the, uh, I guess the second single from Pearl Jam, not Pearl Jam, sorry, sorry, Eddie Vedder's new record, Earthling. With Chad Smith on drums. I don't remember the names of the other band members, but one's from Jane's Addiction and another one used to play in the Chili Peppers as well. So it is a little mini uh, super group. I love it. Oh yeah, here's the line I love. These are my dreams, as sad as it seems. Eddie always knows how to make me go, <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly, bro. All right, so uh, quick, quickly here, as quick as I can. Um, again, I'm just throwing it back to three or four years ago, just having some fun because I started digging through audio and I started to laugh and smile and thought, you know, there are some people who haven't heard this and maybe they'll think it's funny. 
Um, right now, and I'm not going to do all the backstory. You want to know what's going on with Brian Joyce and his dumb club over in the old uh, Songbirds location at the Choo Choo? Said multiple complaints, multiple police uh, arrest, and uh, and and police uh, inquiries and calls and and citations and uh, complaints and blah, 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 blah. everything that a stupid nightclub would bring you. Why the Kinsey's ever let this happen? I, it might not be the Kinsey's. It might be the new company that I, I bet you it is the new company that has outsourced the um, the control over some of that property. That's probably where it came from. I don't know, and I don't care. I will go to Songbirds North, since it's the only Songbirds left. I guess it's not called North. I'll go there whenever. I'll stop by Stir for a drink on occasion. Love the terminal. Fantastic food. Frothy Monkeys, an okay place if you want to get a coffee. And I don't drink coffee. So you're not going to see me around there very often anymore, the place that I'm in in my life. You're sure as bleep not going to find me at any nightclub, no matter where it's located. But Brian Joyce is a just pure jackass of all stages and angles and variations of jackasses. Very few people disagree with this unless you're cut from the same mold, unless you're um, you know, unless you're benefiting from whatever you're gaining from him and whatever it might be monetarily or professionally. Uh, the young women uh, seem to flock to this uh, pushing later 40-year-old man who is in good shape. He's a good-looking guy. He's very uh, 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 well-educated, well-traveled. And uh, overall, a, a, a pretty intelligent guy, but as narcissistic as you're ever going to find. And just quite frankly, just be in my armchair in the corner psychiatrist hat that I put on and, and, and kind of evaluate the room. An absolute tortured soul. An absolute tortured soul. He posts on social media in the most vanity of ways. It's selfie culture doubled down on. It's emojis, it's smiley faces, it's it's ha-has and LOLs. The, the guy posts social media like in a way that a teenage girl or boy would, or even you know, a 20-something would. It's 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 very odd. It's screaming for acceptance, it's screaming for uh nurture. It's it's very odd, very very odd, and I hope he his mind is not so messed up that he can't get through his life and enjoy himself. I honestly I don't even care. If you remember old Leslie Dale, which if you don't, I'm not going to reset it. It's almost getting to the point where it's just like I'm not I'm not even mad at you anymore. I kind of feel bad for you because of your just odd odd ways, but still fun to make fun of because he's such an asshole. So he's been getting bombarded by the uh, beer board, which they're made up of a bunch of assholes too. John Collins and everybody in the ABC, you know, screw most of them too. So it's hard to take sides here because everybody involved sucks. But it does look like he's getting railroaded pretty good. But uh, I couldn't laugh anymore at it. And on the front end, I'll I'll go down if I have to. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm gonna shut it. Shut. Just shut up. Just stop. The guy's in a fortunate situation. He's got an endless bank account. He's a trust fund kid. He's a globe trotter, and uh, he gets to kind of live his life on his own terms in a lot of ways. So you know, maybe the maybe the joke's on me. Maybe the joke's on you. But if you watch this guy in action, if you know anything about him, the joke's not on us. The joke, in the end, emotionally at least, if we all the rest of us are somewhat stable. The joke is on him. So, 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 so. We get into this big fallout about a year after I was let go from that world, that cumulus world, and it turned into this this 
social media just nonsensical weirdness. And I'm not going to give it all a play-by-play for the whole thing. But the, he started working for the station in Atlanta. It's just a cost-cutting mode that Cumulus did um, with the uh, W or, or 106.7. I don't remember the calls. And he was getting into arguments with people that he was working with on the air. And um, and then it, it spilled over into Chattanooga, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and basically just calling me the biggest loser ever. But first, before he called me the biggest loser ever, the guys in Atlanta who actually are very well-known, Kimmer and a guy named Jim Gossett. I'm not sure about Gossett, but Kimmer's been on Atlanta radio off and on for years, uh, conservative talk radio guy. And uh, this is how it started, where I found this that was posted from YouTube by Fox 5, a producer of television channel Fox 5 in Atlanta. And all I did was retweet these things. We'll just get you an idea of the the kind of the battle that, that was going on, again, about four and a half years ago or so. First of all, Jim Goss has been blasting Brian Joyce for a year. I mean, no, and the reason is obvious. He has been personally offended by the fact that Brian Joyce is a phony. He's a fake and a phony and a liar. He's a cop hater. He's a Trump hater. Read his tweets. Read his Facebook. Read all the vicious, nasty things he's been saying for years about Donald Trump. And he has a show in Chattanooga for two hours before he does a show by phone here from Chattanooga. I don't even know what he's pretending. That, that's what kills me about his show. I don't care about him. I don't even know him. I've only met him once in my life. I don't know the guy. I have no idea what he's like. But he's a terrible radio broadcaster because he's a phony. Nobody knows who Brian Joyce is because he's keeping some secrets. And so everybody there at the station pretty much hated him because he was just an outsider and he was going after people on the station and calling their in-house comedian, quote-unquote, I don't know if he's a funny guy or not, but saying he was ripping off jokes from Reddit. And then, of course, Brian Joyce has made a living, uh, well, not made a living, but part of his shtick is that, oh, he's a stand-up comedian. Though there's not a single person in the city that's ever seen him tell a joke, let alone be funny, in any kind of capacity, not even on the air, on the radio, which he is now occupied for right around 10 years. It's a damn shame that this asshole wasn't good enough to move along to another market. I think being put on in Atlanta and failing so miserably might have been uh, where everybody realized this guy's not good enough to leave a town like Chattanooga, which has a pathetic disgustingly stupid amateur bullshit media market that's why he's still here and he's a trust fund kid so he can work for virtually nothing more from the kimmer and hating on brian joyce he just starts attacking with emojis and lo that's the wrong damn one i don't even feel like stopping here's the one i'm talking about which means the ratings are going to suck and guess what the ratings suck he loses 80 percent of our audience and frankly i'm taking it personally we started this talk show no one did a talk show at this radio station until we came in here we care about our product but the biggest thing is he's such a phony and a fake and a coward that he won't be honest if you're not honest with yourself then you can go to hell you know but you can call me all the names you want uh little boy but it just doesn't make any difference if you just let you start acting real well maybe you deserve to lose your audience because you don't have any talent if he was funny that's what thing but he's not funny i mean you anybody ever tune in and say boy i can't wait to see what brian joyce is going to say today <laughs> anyway that i'm telling you and i don't care about what happens to anything but he's he's offensive the radio station never should have hired him they've been letting this happen and they knew it was going to happen because of bonehead decisions and we got to suffer for it for, to have him slander jim gossip professionally like that is is appalling all right so i'll uh, i'll wrap this up quickly so then so i see the fox five guy start retweeting this stuff 
that Fox Five and and uh, this radio station are not uh, connected or affiliated. I don't believe, but either way, I I just retweeted it. That's it. I didn't say ha 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 screw you you're stupid ha <laughs> ha nanny nanny poo poo ha <laughs> ha look at look at the dumb guy and like I just retweeted it. That's all. That's it. And at those times, Joyce and I followed each other on social media, and uh, this was one of me just reading back what I got out of uh, Joyce. I believe this one was on Twitter. Okay, so the first tweet says, Jealous much at Stone On Air? No wonder we fired you a long time ago. Once a loser, always a loser. How's your second parentheses third going at the time i didn't know exactly what that meant i guess he was talking about my other job or something and i did not respond to that i just retweeted it and then put it on facebook and thought what the hell is up with this guy here's what he posts you've probably already seen it i wish i had a podcast that nobody listens to and a second job stocking beer shelves Unfortunately for me, I only have two jobs on commercial radio, national television appearances, and fly around the world doing speaking engagements. Oh well, one of these days, Stone will learn we already have a Robert T. Nash in Chattanooga. This city's not big enough for two losers who can't find a real job. Seriously? This is this is stuff that a guy in the pissant media world of, of Chattanooga, Tennessee is going to do? I mean, what a tortured, tortured bottom of his black heart soul and there's just something there that i literally do feel sorry for him and making fun of me for <laughs> for what well here's the last portion of that uh i believe if i if I number this right let's just go ahead and play it he just starts attacking with emojis and LOLs and all kinds of juvenile behavior. It is absolutely uh, stunning it was shortly uh, after that that i posted uh, a long-winded tweet that he puts out calling one of my best friends a loser who is one of the most successful people I know. The tweet, the Facebook post was, dude just refuses to stop. Josh Hatcher is a definition of a Chattanooga success story. That's my best friend, one of my best friends. I'm a son of medical professionals, so clearly I'm a failure. Sidebar here, for some reason he started going down in other tweets that I'm a, how could a son of a doctor who I, I am, again, parents in the medical profession, they're not brain surgeons, but I guess because my dad's a doctor, he thinks I should be doing something more productive than working in the beer business. I don't know. Back to this uh, tweet that I or a Facebook post that I put out there. Bill B. Lockhart and Kevin West are esteemed members of the local media and your legacies are on the line. Put a stop to this. Don't be cowards. And you can guess where that went. The cowardly lion that is Kevin West and Bill Lockhart, who's not cowardly. He's just he's just playing out the clock. Uh, he's running out the clock as he's uh, basically at retirement age. And none of that matters anymore. I just uh, started memory lane in it after Joyce has been in the news with his stupid bar and his stupid approach to the way he does everything. And, um, yeah, he was calling me a loser and my parents – uh, how can a son of a doctor work for a beer company stocking beer shelves? And I don't mean to say this in the sense that stocking beer shelves is some kind of demeaning job because it's not. Many people who put beer on shelves at for a living probably make more money than I do a year. Not that that matters, but he doesn't even he he doesn't even know what he's talking about. I don't have doctors for parents. I mean, I have a podiatrist as a father, and I have a, a just a my mom. I don't even know my mom. I mean, she does med- medicine, but it's not. She's not a doctor. It's like, where did you get this? Where did you find out that I sh- I stock beer shelves for a living? 
Where do you find out that I have doctors for parents? I mean, you're you're poor, you're partially right. I work for the beer industry. My parents work in the medical industry. What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And how tortured? What ruined your soul so bad at such a young or middle age, you know, young man age that has created this need for demeaning others? He gets uh, he gets pleasure out of seeing the downfall of other people, and he's you know. Staunch, staunch, all left liberal. He, you know, he makes me want to hate a liberal all day long, and I don't hate liberals all day long or any day. All right, that, that, that's it. Now, now I'm just getting like, what, what was that all about? <laughs> and I shouldn't care. All right, well, I think that went all right, pretty long. I appreciate you still being here, and uh, I'm gonna wrap things up. Go have a drink and uh, figure out what's on the DVR. Maybe watch some Jeopardy. I don't know. Call it a night. See you later. Love you. Bye.